Florida Senator Marco Rubio knows what's up, and this has to be one of the most succinct and best breakdowns of what's breaking down in America right now that I've heard. Look, we have a world that realizes we have a president that can barely put together complete sentences, appears incoherent, oftentimes doesn't even know where he is in many cases in some of these places, that allowed spy balloons to be flown over our head, that abandoned billions of dollars of American military equipment left over into the hands of the Taliban. Oh, but just in case you missed the latest report, Marco Rubio, that's President Trump's fault, according to a report that they themselves wrote about the FUBAR withdrawal from Afghanistan. Of course, Marco Rubio, you, me, and the world isn't buying it. And spends all day talking about electric vehicles and solar panels that he knows we're going to have to buy from China. We have a justice system that indicts uh, political opponents and former presidents and leading presidential candidates, a justice system that infiltrates uh, sources and tries to spy on Catholic churches, but allows criminals to destroy San Francisco and Baltimore and Detroit and Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles and Manhattan, you name it. It's a joke to even call it a justice department or a justice system. It's a system of injustice. It's a system of being an enforcement arm of a tyrannical government. Really, what's the difference between the modern-day Department of Justice and, I don't know, all of what's going on down in Brazil? Especially right before uh, Lula da Silva came in and the entire system was being weaponized against Bolsonaro. And, of course, helping the crook Lula da Silva. Yeah, there's not much difference, folks. That's how far the Justice Department in D.C. has fallen. We have a military that doesn't spend its time talking about new weapon systems or how to care for veterans that are committing suicides at historic rates. They spend their time talking about issues and uh, all kinds of racial disparity stuff, not defending our country. Yes, the military that's supposed to defend us has become a woke think tank and experimental committee. And of course, the fake news hasn't gotten any better either. Also another woke ideological institution. We have a media that's become a joke, a media that's wasted two and a half years of our time on a Russia collusion uh, situation. Then they moved on from that uh, to cover up the Hunter Biden situation. That's now a full-blown investigation. The media has been a problem for a while, as has our system of higher education. Our universities are a forum for crazy things to happen. You can't even speak on a university campus. People being assaulted by men uh, wearing dresses and these violent protests and shutting down speech. And, and, and our culture, what is what we focused on as a culture? We're focused on the fact that now some man pretending to be a woman gets paid millions of dollars to sell Nike sports bras and Bud Light. Yeah, the market's not liking too much. I'm talking about not the market, the stock market, but the free market is not liking too much of this pandering. Anheuser-Busch uh, losing more than $6 billion in market value following the new spokesperson for their uh, brand. Anheuser-Busch has lost more than $6 billion in market value in the days following his promotional partnership with social media celebrity Dylan Mulvaney, with its shares falling amid a nationwide backlash against Bud Light. Um, I'm sure things are being felt over at Nike as well. So the world looks at that and said, this place is a laughing stock, and they react to it. 
And I could go on for an hour about all the things that we are, we are being embarrassed on the world stage. Our adversaries are taking advantage of it, and our friends are saying, hey, we may have to go on on our own here because these guys look like they're about to commit societal suicide. And, of course, that's where we are internationally. We've got everyone cozying up to China and trying to be part of different alliances that does not include the United States. And look, folks, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with us just being a little island over here on the Western Hemisphere, not entangled and involved with all of the mess of the other world. We do live in a globalist world, unfortunately, where we are intertangled because of trade alliances and what have you with other countries. I am, if you want to put it down, I'm not a, a non-interventionist, hardcore non-interventionist, but I definitely do not believe in the warmongering, the nation building, and these pacts that we are a part of. Why are we part of NATO, funding the defense of European nations that don't even kick in their fair share? How is the conflict really, not the propaganda they tell us about, how is the conflict over a would-be non-NATO country and Russia really our business? Oh, it is our business because the former vice president was doing business in those countries and has us entangled as he has been installed in the White House. We are living in some very perilous and very wacky times. Let's talk about what's going on domestically, folks. We've got the number of Americans making initial claims for jobless benefits raising uh, had risen last week. Initial claims rose by 11,000 to 239,000 for the week ending April 8th, inching above the Wall Street M, uh, estimate of 235,000. That's actually a pretty good estimate by Wall Street because usually these estimates are way off. Of course, that number is going to be revised upward. So initial claims for joblessness is probably about a quarter million. And that's according to the data released by the Department of Labor uh, today. The previous week was 228,000. This is the highest level of initial claims in over a year since January of 2022, which is actually pretty high for that coming in April because we see a lot of jobless claims jump up at the beginning of the year because the seasonal employment has ended for many people. Claims can be volatile week to week, so many economists look to the four-week average of claims to detect underlying trends in the employment, so the average moved up with these latest numbers which make it actually the highest level since November of 2021. So the labor market is cooling off or not doing well, depending on what glasses you're looking at it through. But folks, uh, I want you to know that Obamaite and Georgie Porgie Zoroite, by way of Obama, Susan Rice, who is now the senior aide to the former Vice President Joe Biden, has the reason why the U.S. economy has had a price tag of over $6 trillion over the last 20 years. And she says, check this out, Susan Rice claims that anti-black racism has cost the U.S. economy $16 trillion over the last 20 years. Yeah, okay, of course, if you read that and you think it's ridiculous. My first thing, my first thought would be, yeah, anti-black racism has cost the U.S. economy. 
I don't know, about $16 trillion in the form of illegal immigration coming in and taking jobs from black folk and from white folks and from other folks who are legal citizens and residents of this country. But I'm sure, as you'll see, that that's not what she's talking about. But I want to throw that in there. The crazy, by design, destruction of America by the Democrats, including the destruction of the black family and black prosperity, is partly due to the open border contingency, the, the, the upper borders committees and uh, proponents on both sides of the aisle. It's so funny to see and sad to see my fellow black folk, family, friends, neighbors, and people I don't know who share the same shade as me, championing the Democrat Party who literally is behind the destruction of the black family with social programs that ice out dads with not enforcing crime in inner city black areas where black families, black individuals are literally living in cages with black criminals Let's not even talk about the destruction of the inner city black economy due to an influx of illegal immigration, taking away jobs from entry-level jobs, from black youth, and from other inner city blacks. Of course, those are all, every single one of the things I just talk about, abortion, illegal immigration, defunding police, not supporting the Second Amendment, making sure that there's no school choice so that uh, black and brown children are forced to stay in underperforming inner city schools. Those are all, every single one of those, without exception, is championship and as part of the platform of the Democrat Party. This is what she had to say on the subject, Susan Rice, that is. In the last 20 years, the U.S. had a GDP shortfall of $16 trillion due to discrimination against black Americans. If we closed our racial gaps, we could add another $5 trillion to GDP over just the next five years. We all benefit when every community has the chance to thrive. All right, folks. I was brought up by my mom and dad who taught me critical thinking skills. Then I was trained professionally as an economist to think critically and logically about things, which was an extension of, a professional extension of the philosophies my parents taught me. So if we all benefit when every group uh, what, how, did, how did she put it? When every... In every community. When every community is allowed to thrive, we all benefit. Then wouldn't all black folk be benefiting by allowing the white community to thrive? I mean, uh, is there a flaw in my logic? If we all benefit when every community is allowed to thrive, then allowing the white community to thrive 
benefits black folk. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying there's a flaw in her logic, which of course is flawed and false because the black community has not been, has been hampered, inner city black communities. I need to be very clear about this. Actually, all communities have because illegal immigration is a problem throughout the United States thanks to Obama and then Joe Biden, the O'Biden administrations, all three of them. They've made every state essentially a border state. But inner city blacks and legal Latinos and others are especially victimized, since the left likes a word to, uh, of, to be a victim, they love the philosophy of, of victimization, have been victimized by allowing the illegal immigrant communities to thrive. So that's a false statement, Susan Rice, a false statement. But using your logic, we shouldn't be worried when the white community does well because we all benefit. And guess what? We've benefited. I've benefited from white community. Oh, I don't know, maybe a couple of several hundreds and then thousands of white Christians who were abolitionists and were part of the Underground Railroad. Oh, I don't know, the hundreds of thousands of white Americans 150 plus years ago who gave their lives in a civil war, which benefited the freedom of black slaves. Oh, and by the way, I know it's not politically correct and it's not woke to say so, but slavery still exists in the Middle East and in Africa. It was white Europeans who were the first ones to abolish slavery in the history of the world en masse and kill and die for it. White people killing white people. Yeah, this anti-white hate is ridiculous. How about we just not hate at all, except for the enemies, our common enemies, that are out to destroy all of us by dividing us. Okay, end of rant. Let's get back to the news. And that kind of has to do with what I'm talking about here. Eligibility for Medicaid and Affordable Care Act's health insurance exchanges will be expanded to hundreds of thousands of immigrants brought into the U.S. illegally as children, a report Thursday claims. Joe Biden is set to announce his administration is moving to include the arrivals according to U.S. According to two U.S. officials briefed on the matter. This is the AP reporting. The action will allow participants in the Obama-era Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals DACA program to access government-funded health insurance programs. Continuing moves Biden began in 2021 to offer U.S. taxpayer resources to illegal immigrants and their children. Because when any community is allowed to thrive, we all thrive. We're all going to thrive by that, aren't we? More news from the border. Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security will release as many as 30,000 foreign nationals into the United States monthly via a migrant mobile app whereby users schedule appointments at the southern border, a new report details. The Border Patrol and the Department of Homeland Security is not securing the homeland. Their job is to be the welcome community and babysitters for illegal aliens coming to our country, many of which are criminals, Yes, President Trump was right. Rapists, killers, drug traffickers, human traffickers, child traffickers, all kinds of ne'er-do-wellers. Oh, not just that. Chinese nationals, spies, terrorists, would-be terrorists. But that's okay. Now they can just have a mobile app and schedule their appointment, 
so they can more easily illegally come into the country. I've talked about this before. It's called CBP-1, Customs and Border Protection 1. Entices foreign nationals living in Mexico who are pregnant, mentally ill, elderly, disabled, homeless, or crime victims, crime victims to schedule an appointment with agents at the border in the hopes of being released into American communities. They can submit their application appointment through the CBP-1 app up to 14 days in advance and then show up at eight ports of entry in Arizona, Texas, and California for their appointment. Here, here's what gives me hope, but also frustrates me. This is the agenda of globalists and a very few people and their psychophants and relatively powerless people like a whole bunch of young people that have no money, no influence, that buy into this. A majority of Americans don't want this. That is the good part. That is the part that gives me hope. That this nonsense is not the is not the norm, is not the thought and the psychology of a majority of Americans or overwhelming majority of Americans, I should say. The sad thing is that even though that's the case, we're not seeing any abatement or any subsiding of this absolute nonsense. It's because the money people in power are all about this and they are pushing this and we as a people are doing nothing. We try to do things at the ballot box with our votes but we all know how that has gone as of late. Okay, let's get into uh, Trump news. Trump yesterday evening called for Jack Smith to be removed from the DOJ. Why? Because of the latest leak. We'll get into that in a second. Special counsel Jack Smith is now investigating Trump's effort to raise money off of the claims he was making in 2020, according to this leak from the Washington Post. So here we go. Here's the news. Another day, another leak. Special counsel Jack Smith is now investigating Trump's efforts to raise money off of false claims of fraud, according to a leak to the Washington Post. Federal prosecutors are investigating money raised between November 3rd, 2020 and January 20th, 2021. Of course, we can't talk about this and this show is on YouTube, but isn't it interesting that they're always going after people for speaking out against a particular topic but never actually delving into that topic in and of itself. When we delve into that topic in and of itself, that is misinformation, disinformation, and not allowed. Hmm. It's like a battered woman shooting her husband who is coming at her with a knife, a bat, and I don't know, a knife and a bat. He only has two hands. And everything is done except for talking about, you know, she goes for murder. She goes into jail. Um, she is considered a homewrecker. She is considered a violent threat to her husband. But then no one ever talks about the fact that he was coming at her with a gun. Uh, sorry, I changed it. A bat and a knife. And in her desperation, she decided to act to defend herself or bring up the issue of battered women of domestic abuse. Federal prosecutors probing the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol have in recent weeks sought a wide range of documents related to fundraising after the 2020 uh, election, looking to determine if Trump or his advisors scammed donors 
by using claims to raise money, eight people familiar with the new inquiry said. Which, of course, in itself is not even illegal. You can raise money on any claim that you believe to be true. Then it's up to the people and the market to decide if they're going to. Now, you can't do that. Um, obviously, legally, you can't do that with outright fraud. But it was not outright fraud. These were uh, legitimate concerns. Okay? Got to be careful here. In 2020, these were legitimate concerns because we don't know. Just asking for something to be investigated, whether that thing turns out to be true or not, is not a crime in and of itself. It's not fraud if you suspect something and you have evidence of your suspicions, regardless of what the conclusions are. And to raise money off of that is not a crime. Unless, of course, you're trying to keep one narrative, keep people silenced, and go after President Trump, who is running once again in 2024 for re-election. Because according to the same people, we shouldn't have to worry because Biden got 81 million. Yes, I know those were ballots. But we're being told that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Okay, so fine. So President Trump contested that in 2020. That is not a crime, but they're always trying to find something. And now we got Jack Smith saying President Trump fundraising off of that is a potential crime. And of course, this is a crime that is being leaked to the Washington Post, but just like the work of Alvin Bragg, we're supposed to ignore all of that. They have also heard testimony from some of these figures in front of a Washington grand jury, according to some of the people that were talking and leaking to the Washington Post. Once again, leaking grand jury information is a felony. Special counsel Jack Smith's office has spent subpoenas in recent weeks to Trump advisors and former campaign aides, Republican operatives, and other consultants involved in the 2020 presidential campaign. The fundraising prong of the investigation is focused on money raised during the periods between November 3rd, 2020 and the end of Trump's time in office on January 20th, 2021. And prosecutors are said to be interested and whether anyone associated with the fundraising operation violated wire fraud laws, which make it illegal to make false representations over email to swindle people out of money. This is the writing of Washington Post. Oh, no, it's not at all. Swindle people out of their money. Now, real good journalism is they would do a poll to ask people if they still believe those crazy ideas of Trump back at the end of 2020. But of course, they won't do that because that would be real journalism. The subpoenas seek more specific types of communication so that prosecutors can compare what Trump allies and advisors were telling each other privately about the claims with what they were saying publicly in appeals that generated more than $200 million in donations from conservatives, according to people with knowledge of the investigation. Now, folks, of course, this also means that President Trump who is making claims that he is illegally being targeted by D.A. Alvin Bragg, in the future, they'll come after President Trump for fundraising on that. Mark my words, that will be a strategy going uh, in, in the near future. So President Trump is calling for Jack Smith to be removed from the DOJ after the latest leak. They, this never-ending 
on President Trump, isn't it? Okay, folks, here we go. This is bombastic. Colorado attorney Kevin Evans says the Biden Department of Justice is hiding hundreds of documents on gifts Joe and Hunter Biden received from China. Evans sued the DOJ last month after he said the agency failed to comply with his Freedom of Information Act request for records about the overseas business relationships of Joe Biden's son and brother James Biden. I've been reporting on this. Here's the follow-up. The evidence against Hunter and Joe Biden that is already public is voluminous. It is not clear what they are still hiding. Much of the evidence against the Biden crime family was discovered in Hunter Biden's laptop that the FBI hid from investigators and now claims is lost somewhere after they retrieved it in 2019. Now, here is where the story gets juicy. Once again, huge, huge kudos to John Solomon, Charlotte Hazard, and the folks at Just the News. Bank records show millions in transaction between Hunter Biden and China firms, as according to Senator Johnson. Senator Johnson says the records show the Biden family was involved with the now-defunct China Energy, which had connections to the Chinese Communist Party. Wisconsin GOP Senator Ron Johnson says the Chinese um, uh, American financial institution, Cathay Bank, has given Senate Republicans records showing millions of dollars going from Chinese companies to Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. Republicans and others started raising concerns during Biden's... Okay, I'm, I'm reading this from Justin News. Republicans and others started raising concerns during President Biden's successful 2020 White House campaign. If not earlier, that Hunter Biden used the family name influence while his father was vice president to make millions in overseas business deals, which also could have compromised U.S. national security. Now, here's what we have, folks. The records provided by Cathay Bank include those uh, from the president's brother, James Biden. They have offices in Los Angeles and China. Johnson says the banks turned over the records to him and Iowa GOP Senator Chuck Grassley. Other banks have denied the senator's request for the records. Folks, this is just the beginning. How much more uh, documents are going to be coming? China is coughing up the documents. They have released proof of millions of dollars of payments from China to Hunter Biden and folks, I think they're just getting started. China uh, definitely wants to continue to sow seeds of discontent. Oh, folks, we got more, more crazy news. Seymour Hirsch, who broke the story. Well, he didn't actually break the story. I reported on it earlier. But he broke the story with proof and evidence and investigative uh investigative evidence, unlike we folk uh, here on the alternative press who just added some dots together and came up with a logical conclusion that the Nord Stream pipeline was bombed and destroyed at the direction of Joe Biden. That was Seymour Hirsch. Now Seymour Hirsch is writing that Ukrainian President Zelensky has embezzled $400 million from the U.S. that was allocated to Ukraine for fuel. Okay, Zelensky capitalized on widespread public anger at corruption 
but his 2019 campaign was dogged by doubts over his anti-graft bona fides, given that his campaign was boosted by media belonging to Kolomoisky, uh, who was accused of stealing $5.5 billion from his own bank and funneling it offshore in concert with his partner. And this is what Seymour Hirsch is now reporting on in addition to that corruption. The Ukraine government, headed by Zelensky, has been using American taxpayer funds to pay dearly for the vitally needed diesel fuel that is keeping the Ukrainian army on the move in its war with Russia. It is unknown how much the Zelensky government is paying per gallon for the fuel, but the Pentagon was paying as much as $400 per gallon for transport from a port in Pakistan via truck or parachute into Afghanistan during the decades-long American war there. The issue of corruption was directly raised with Zelensky in a meeting in Kiev with CIA Director William Burns. His message to the Ukrainian president, I was told by an intelligence official with direct knowledge of the meeting, was out of a 1950s mob movie. The senior generals and government officials in Kiev were angry at what they saw as Zelensky's greed, so Burns told the Ukrainian president because he was taking a large share of the skim money that was going to the generals. Burns also presented Zelensky with a list of 35 generals and senior officials whose corruption was known to the CIA and others in the American government. Zelensky responded to the American pressure 10 days later by publicly dismissing 10 of the most ostentatious officials on the list and doing little else. The 10 he got rid of were brazenly bragging about the money they had driving around in Kiev in their new Mercedes. Meanwhile, Hirsch, citing an intelligence official, said that the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines and lack of strategic planning with regard to Ukraine has caused a growing rift between the White House and the U.S. intelligence community. Hirsch goes on to claim that the intel community and Biden's White House are at odds since Joe Biden ordered the sabotage of the Russian Nord Stream pipeline. And doing the math is how they figured out that Zelensky has embezzled $400 million from U.S. payments allocated for fuel using the numbers that were previously disclosed in the movement of fuel during uh, the time in Afghanistan. And now we're learning that they had down a mob meeting and said, hey, Zelensky, we know that you're skimming money because the other generals are mad that you're skimming into their skimming. So he lets go 10 of those. And now we're knowing how this all came out, uh, at least to this leak uh, by uh, Herschel, uh, by Seymour, excuse me, by Seymour Hirsch about what's going down. And now we've got a, a number figure of $400 million being embezzled by Zelensky. Okay, folks, we've got other news that I'm covering. We will get to that in the later edition. Thanks for being here. Please like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. If you're watching this on Spotify or listening to this on the podcast, make sure that you follow this channel and this program on whatever other platform you may be listening to it on. And also don't forget to check out our sister channel, the BCP Report. Got a, a report coming up from Juniorette in a couple, hour, a couple of hours. It's already done. It's just not going to be available for you to view for a couple hours. And also, don't forget our off-platform show called BCP Unfiltered. You can freely go over and watch my latest episode, 317, over at bcpextras.com, therealbcp.com, or at bcppodcast.com. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless.